0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and Jerry's over there. We're just bouncing off the walls here.
0: Uh, I'm sick. I'm not bouncing anywhere. I'm bouncing to the doctor. Are you? Right after this. What you got the funk? I got the chests. I got the chests. Your kid's not even in preschool yet. I'm not sick because of hurt.
1: Well, why'd you get
0: sick? You know, people get sick from other things I besides thought, babies. You know, I thought once <laughs> you had
1: a kid, like, that's the
0: only way you got sick. No, I, I don't know what it is, man. I went camping the other night and it was cold. That's
1: what it is. But,
0: uh, I don't know.
1: You got a wood fungus?
0: I didn't treat myself like I should have on that camping trip either. Oh, yeah? No, what I'm saying? No. I wasn't, you know, going jogging and drinking juice. I gotcha. You <laughs>
1: You're eating chocolate bars?
0: No, no chocolate. I got into the whiskey, though. Probably didn't help things out. I
1: see. Not on a cold night. It's been cold here recently. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, like, cold. And it's mid-May. Yeah. It's unusual. Yes. Global warming. (laughs) So, Chuck, have you ever heard of the NFL's big game? Yeah. Yeah. The
0: SB? Yeah. Can we even say that?
1: I don't think so. All right. Uh, So, the big game, actually... It sounds a lot like Super Ball, yeah. Which is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. There's there's no—that's actually a thing. The reason why is because it's named after the Super Bowl. Did you know that?
0: Yeah, I did not, and I thought this was a little dubious. And the story still—it seems fishy to me, but
1: I'll buy it. So a guy named Lamar Hunt, right? Yeah. He founded the the. Dallas Texans, I think, is what they were originally called. But they went on to become the Kansas City Chiefs. And he founded this team because he couldn't get an NFL franchise in Dallas. So he just founded his own league as well. And he created the AFL, the American Football League.
0: That's crazy because Dallas is such a football town.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't think they had a problem with Dallas. I think they had just a problem maybe with this guy. Who knows? Okay. But he was not the type to just take things lying down. Yeah. Instead, he went and founded a different football league, a rival one, right? Yeah. And so as time progressed, they tried to get the NFL and the AFL uh, integrated. And to smooth the transition, they decided that they would have a year-end championship where the best team from the NFL would play the best team from the AFL. And they couldn't figure out what to call it. And apparently at one of the meetings, Lamar Hunt said, how about the big game? That's not what he said.
0: He said the SB. Right. Because my kid's been playing with this Super Bowl at home. Yeah. And why not name a the final football game of the season after this toy that has nothing to do with it? That's right.
1: And so all, <laughs> all, the, all the guys were like, well, we're ready to go to the Gentleman's Club and... Uh, Eat some steaks, so fine. We'll go with that. And apparently, later on, Lamar Hunt said, he said in a quote in 1970, I guess it is a little corny, but it looks like we're stuck with it.
0: Yeah. So no one really likes it. They didn't use it for the first big game. No, didn't they call it like the ultimate bowl or something? No, I think it was just the AFL-NFL championship or something. Okay. And then uh, by year three, they said, uh, I guess... We need to have something more catchy.
1: But all that because of the Super Bowl, a little child's toy that everybody went crazy for in in 19, I think starting in 1965.
0: Yes. And we can just file this in the bucket with uh, the Slinky and Silly Putty and uh, Barbie, Barbie and Play-Doh. Did we do that one? Yes. Or did we just sit around and eat it? (laughs) I think we did both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What are we going to call these? Pop culture uh, of the... 1950s and 60s. Okay. Did we do the frisbee or the hula hoop? We
1: did the hula hoop. Yeah. Yeah, we did, and we did the boomerang. That's more a weapon than a toy.
0: Yeah. Uh, boy, it's getting harder and harder to remember which I, ones we've done. That's old age. Yeah. Well, it's it's our uh, uh, what's the word? Eight hundred. Our, our prolific. Oh yeah. Uh, nature. Right which is really not that much. It's just two a week over the years adds up. Well, that's prolific. Yeah, but it's not like we're recording 12 episodes a week or anything. That's prolific. That's insane. This is just regular, like, taxes and death.
1: Do you know what would happen to us if we recorded 12 episodes a week?
0: Yeah. Well, I do. I would quit. (laughs) It would be the final 12. Yeah. Uh, So, all right, let's go back in time. Should we hop up in the... The old Wayback Machine. Yes. Uh, go back to the Cold War and the space race, which we've talked about quite a lot.
1: We had an episode of
0: it. Yeah, and the United States feeling like Russia got up Sputnik, and or I guess it was the Soviet Union, Yeah, got up Sputnik. And we're in big trouble because they, they did this before us. And we're all scared in the United States that we're not competing like we should.
1: Yeah. I was reading about it. And I was reading... Uh, it just It's really hard to overstate the effect that Sputnik had on the U.S. I know. Because post-war America was all like, look at this gadget, look at this toy. Make your life comfortable. Get fat and sit around in your lazy boy chair. Yeah. Right?
0: That little satellite came along and disrupted all that good yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, like America woke up. Yep. And um, Stephen King actually said that Sputnik instilled in him the dread that informed the work for the rest of his life. It was all based on Sputnik.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, it had a lot of really far-reaching effects. But one of them was that America said, scientists, get you to work.
0: Yeah, get off your butts. Yeah. Because you're not doing anything. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You're sitting around playing Pinochle. Uh, And so a guy named, well, they did a lot of work, actually, and they they took it very seriously. And uh, this one dude, his name was Norman Stingley. Um, He worked for a company called Bettis Rubber in suburban L.A. in Whittier, California. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a scientist, and he said, you know what? Well, we should caveat this with, if you work for a company like that as a scientist, you know going in, you sign away your life life rights. Yeah. And basically say that anything I create under your employ, and even if I'm at home tinkering around in my spare time, yeah, with stuff that I like, you know, learned from work, then you, well, it depends on your contract. You either own it or you have first right of refusal for it. The company does, yeah,
1: right. And I get, I have the impression that um, with Bettis, the company that Stingley worked for, um, they had first right of refusal.
0: Absolutely. So he began working on uh, some stuff. On his own, for fun. Uh, and in 1965, he compressed into a ball this uh, gooey substance and um, said, Hey, this is pretty neat. This little synthetic rubber ball mm-hmm. actually bounces quite a bit more than any ball I've ever seen before. And I might be onto something. And by Lord, it's still bouncing. That's right. And
1: bouncing and bouncing. Unless I throw it too hard. And then it just comes apart. Yeah, which is not good. No, no. The earliest... Um The earliest incarnation of the Super Bowl would just disintegrate when it hit the ground too hard. And that's actually, Stingley said, okay, i got to take this to my employer.
0: You know what? I'll hand it to him. I would have totally tried to like, you know, I would set up a shell company. I would create a false person with a fake social security number.
1: Like Jackie Chan. (laughs) What? He's like the one person who's been outed so far in the Panama Papers. Oh, really? Jackie Chan. No way. Mm-hmm.
0: What'd he do? He
1: hid money that he owed oh, in really? taxes in sh- offshore shell companies. Wow.
0: I haven't been keeping up with that lately.
1: It's been a bit of a bust, but I also have the impression that a bunch more stuff is coming.
0: Well, hey, if they got Jackie Chan, then it was all worthwhile. But that's what they
1: got was <laughs> poor Jackie Chan. He's probably looking around like, what? Really? Just me? Yeah. He's like, what about Wesley Snipes? <laughs> and Wesley Snipes is like, they already got me. Yeah. i'm Uh, I'm doing samsung commercials now so is he really yeah there's a really great samsung commercial it's got all these like random stars and he's one of them and he's like kind of making fun of himself a little bit
0: boy i bet he would love to hear that he's random star number four yeah uh all right so he went to bettis and like a good dude said i've made this thing let me show it to you uh you have first right of refusal and they said, "No, oh, that thing kind of stinks. Um, it bounces and it's kind of neat, but it, I threw it hard and it broke.
1: Yeah. What, what kid's going to want this? No kid could love you and they spit on it.
0: I wonder what the rules are though with, like, I wonder if you could take a cruddy version, you know, a little bit of like a shell game, mm-hmm. take a poor version and say, what, do you want this? And then make it better afterward, after they refuse it. I guess so. You know? You kinda... do a whole
1: episode in defrauding your employer.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's sort of what ended up happening. Of course, it wasn't on purpose. But he he then took it to the people that made the most sense in the world, the chiefs at Whammo. <laughs> right. And where else would he take it? I mean, these dudes, uh, Dick Ner and Arthur Mellane, Mellon. Arthur Mellane?
1: Spud Mellon. Often confused with Larry Bud Melman.
0: Or Spud Webb. Yeah. I stood didn't mind to meet him when I was a kid. Bud Melman, no uh, Spud Webb.
1: I could see that. Yeah, were, yeah, I was he was a big deal back then.
0: But I, I had a knack for standing in line for meet and greet autograph sessions. Who else? Uh, Brett Butler, the baseball player. Uh, Bob Gibson, the baseball player. Brett uh, Butler. Dominique. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, and Cheap Trick. The baseball player. The, yeah, I went to the record bar when I was like twelve and stood in line to get <laughs> really? my album autographed. Yeah, like a. 12-year-old fanboy does. Nice. And congratulations to Cheap Trick, by the way, for finally being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Uh, This just happened this year, huh? Just
1: happened. Crazy. Yep. It's Rock and Roll's greatest tragedy that it took this
0: long. Agreed. Long overdue. Uh, So where was I? So he took it to wham and these dudes had made a mint selling the hula hoop. And um, were they? They were the Frisbee. Yeah. But not the Slinky.
1: No. I think the Slinky was its own company. Oh, I think so That's another one we did too.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. So uh, they said this is kind of neat, but it doesn't work so great. So get to work on it.
1: And he did. You want to take a break and talk about it some more?
0: Ooh, that's a nice cliffhanger. Thanks. All right, so you said, the last thing you said was knockoff.
1: Knockoff.
0: And that <laughs> means that someone said, hey, this thing is neat, and while there's a patent on that particular process to create that particular ball, you can't stop me from creating a bouncy ball of my own.
1: Right. Like, MDMA is illegal, but MDMA plus ZPT, there's no law against that. <laughs> same same principle.
0: I don't think that's true. I think it is. Oh yeah.
1: All right. So um, it's like you can just take something and, and adjust, a, uh-huh. add like a covalent bond or something like that. Right. And it's still practically the same stuff, but on paper it's not the same thing because if you go look at the Zectron patent, you're going to see exactly the, um, the 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 chemical description for it. Yeah. And if you have something that's even just slightly different from it, it, it technically is not the same thing.
0: It's like Vanilla Ice adding the extra bass note to uh under pressure. Did he add an extra note? Yeah, under pressure is, is do. doom 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 doom. Vanilla Ice is doom 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 doom. I've never noticed that. Yeah, that was his whole deal. That's how he tried to get out of
1: I thought uh, it was all like music sampling was music sampling. He tried to pretend like it was different by adding a beat.
0: Yes, and I don't remember how I don't remember the result if he that either got him off, or people said you jerk.
1: I think I think people said you jerk. Whether he was up. legally on the hook or not,
0: and we'll get three hundred emails explaining it all to us.
1: Maybe from Vanilla Ice himself. He has like a home renovation show now, where he it. like flips houses. I've seen it. Have you? I, I'm aware of it. No, I've never oh, watched yeah. it.
0: No, I've watched like a couple of full episodes. What did you think? Well, I mean, I like the home reno shows, which is why I watched it, not because I was a vanilla ice fan. Gotcha. So I was just curious and it, you know, it wasn't it was kind of like all the rest. It was nothing different because it was him.
1: So he he's not like a larger than life personality or anything. It's not no, like a flavor flavor Flav home reno show? No, he
0: was he was just sort of normal and he didn't like you know, they didn't make it super he didn't like show up to the site and say, "Hey, stop. Collaborate and listen, everyone. Nice. That would have been really cheesy. That is all I would say if I were him. Um, But, you know, he was vanilla ice. He's like, we're going to make this pool so fly, like you're not going to believe it. It's going to be dope. (laughs) Uh, All right. So let's get back to the knockoffs. Oh, yeah. People started making these things. Obviously, it's going to put a dent because they were a little bit cheaper.
1: Yeah, by like 75%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you get out of a gum machine like super easily. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back in the 1960s, if a parent could pay a quarter for something or a dollar for something, they would probably, you know, pick the the cheaper one. Mm
1: -hmm. Parents never change. My parents would have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Parents just don't understand.
1: Yeah. I used to wear um, Knights of the Round Table clothes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those? The polo knockoff? Yeah. My mom would be like, you can't even tell it's a flag. I'd be like, everybody can tell it's a flag. Yeah. Instead of the the polo club?
0: Uh No. I wore those. I had the knockoff that wasn't the Izod alligator, it was a gecko.
1: (sighs) I remember that, yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Well, you got me on that one.
0: Oh, maybe there was. I don't know.
1: Yeah, there was definitely an Izod knockoff.
0: Oh, yeah, there was, but I don't think it was a lizard. What was it? Was it a dragon? I do remember, I totally remember an iZod knockoff.
1: The dragon, though, I think was its own, like, cool thing.
0: Maybe. I, all I know is that I didn't buy those. What I would get was the uh, the polo that the collar was sewn wrong or something. Oh, so you At get, the, like, the
1: real polo, but it was like a, what do they call them? Um, uh, remnants or?
0: Something like, you know, there's an factory extra. Factory defects? Yeah, factory defects. <laughs> Because there was a place, a store that sold them, and that's yeah. we were there a lot. I got ones that were just fine. They were just total knockoffs. Which is better, I wonder? Um, a developing factory defect
1: Because kid. what kid's going to be like, your collar's just slightly yeah, misstitched. I think the factory defects I better. I think you're right. Um, where kids like, Josh is poor. He's wearing a Knights t-shirt. Knights of the Round Table. But I could also be like, so are you. None of us were wearing polo stuff. We were okay. all wearing Knights of the Round Table. I got gotcha. you. So it didn't matter.
0: So the Super Bowl knockoffs <laughs> oh, yeah. put a big dent, and uh, they were, like I said, usually a little bit smaller. The regular Super Bowl, um is 1.875 inches, and if by comparison you've ever held a racquetball, that's about 2.25 inches.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: okay. So a little smaller than no, a racquetball. Oh, you got it? <laughs>
1: I like the plum comparison because it was also the color of a plum. Yeah.
0: It was dark. Yeah. Like purple or black, right?
1: Right. And it said made with amazing Zectron
0: on it. Yeah, which was a big, you know, that was a big draw. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about how cool this thing was. It wasn't just a bouncy ball. We keep saying was. They're still
1: around. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at the time when people were all aware of Super balls, Like, even Jerry was like, I don't know what that is. Do you know what it is yet? Is it ring a bell? She yeah. just
0: made her fingers in the shape of a circle.
1: A plum, plum size. Uh-huh. A little smaller than a racquetball.
0: Uh, the cool thing about these, well, there's a lot of cool things, but one thing is how high it would bounce. All right. It had uh, it would bounce back, they would claim, a resilience of 90%. So if you just drop it from 12 inches onto something hard, like a desk, it would bounce back 10.8 inches, mm-hmm. then on the second bounce, 9.72 Third bounce, 8.75 on down, which is remarkable.
1: It is. It had a high coefficient of restitution. That's right. And it would conserve its elastic energy, which is basically like the amount of kinetic energy that's preserved once a, an object is deformed and then reforms back to its original shape.
0: Yeah, because when it hits that desk, if you took a snapshot of that or a slow motion, mm-hmm. high speed shot, you know, it would flatten out.
1: Right, it does a little bit for yeah. sure. And when it flattens out, the reason it doesn't have a hundred percent coefficient of restitution or uh, what was it, what's it called? Resilience. Yeah. Or it, why it doesn't have a hundred percent is because when it drops, when it deforms and hits a surface, it um, a little bit of heat energy is is released as it deforms. Yeah.
0: So. That, so it loses,
1: there's a little bit of energy loss, 10% energy loss every time it strikes a surface.
0: Yeah, like when we did this episode recently on crumple zones. Mm-hmm. Like if something hits something else, there's going to be a loss of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, um, it was lost as heat, like you said. But because it's so elastic, it
1: retains a lot of its kinetic energy. Like a bowling ball, when you drop it, it might bounce a little bit. It retains a tad bit of kinetic energy, but it displaces it pretty quickly. So it might bounce like just you know an yeah. inch and then now a quarter inch and then nothing.
0: Yeah, right? like the, the one drunk guy at the bowling alley that throws it like 15 feet down the lane mm-hmm. before it hits the floor. Yeah. It'll usually bounce a little, like one time. Right.
1: You can also do that if you're not drunk, I can tell you. Oh,
0: yeah? Yeah. What's the purpose there? I don't get it. I never got that. What? Slinging the bowling ball down that far. I, I just... Uh, it's
1: just totally accidental. Oh, okay. Like, For me, it's always been accidental. Oh, I thought it was like, watch this. Oh, well, yeah. Then you're just a drunk guy. Okay, who's, like, a, like, who's a jerk? You need to go
0: home. Your thumb gets stuck.
1: Yeah, or something like that, or just you know, forget to release at the right moment. That kind of thing. And yeah. it just goes up, and then
0: yeah, we're not good bowlers. I think that's a better way <laughs> to put it. I've had a couple of good games in my life.
1: I, I actually took a bowling class in seventh grade or eighth grade.
0: Yeah, I did too.
1: That's when I got hooked on
0: Starburst. Did, oh, really?
1: Yeah, there's this vending machine in it. Like, the Starburst just looked perfect in it. And every time I would just buy Starburst, and then I'd go back and buy more Starburst.
0: So you would go to the bowling alley for the class? Uh huh. Dude, our bowling class was in the gym. Like, oh, really? They would just set up bowling pins and, <laughs> and put tape down on the floor. <laughs> <It was laughs> terrible. Everybody's
1: bowling in their factory defect. Polo
0: shirts and yeah. eyes-eyed knockoffs. And, and you had to take turns setting up the pins yeah. by hand.
1: No, we went to like Southwick Lanes in oh, Toledo. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Had a vending machine with
0: Starburst. Kids sneaking beer and stuff? Mm-hmm. Nice. No, they didn't. We were good kids. That's good. At least at that age. Good Toledo kids. <laughs> All
1: right. Toledans. Toledians? Toledo Whiteians.
0: What? I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Toledo you know Zoans. You're just making stuff up.
1: Toledoans, I think, is what they're called.
0: They're going to take back your key to the city. I never got that. Oh, that really? guy
1: gave up. Uh, I wonder how he's doing. There's a, a guy, everybody, I guess we can let you in on this <laughs> private conversation we're sure. right now. There is a guy who was an early fan of Stuff You Should Know, who decided that it was his mission to see to it that I got the key to the city of Toledo. I thought and, that was uh, wonderful. He really tried, yeah. I mean, yeah. He was a nice guy for sure. Yeah. But he would uh, harass the um, congresswoman, Marcy Captor, who was a former Toledo mayor, and like everybody wow. he could. To tr- he really tried. didn't happen.
0: Oh, well. You need someone higher up on the chain to be a fan.
1: Yeah, but hats off to that guy. He was nice. I don't remember his name, but he was a good guy. Heck yeah.
0: All right. So uh, should we talk a little bit about uh, the, the polybutadiene? Mm-hmm. How'd you say it? Polybutadiene. Right.
1: Polybutadiene.
0: So those are three things. The butte, B-U-T, uh, four-part carbon chain. Right. Uh, E-N-E, double bond, D-I-2. Right. So uh, butadiene by itself is just a compound with four carbon chain, double helix, two double bonds. Right. Do people care? (laughs)
1: <laughs> sure they do. There's some chemist guy
0: out there who's like, yeah. No, sure. I mean, they, Super superballs are all over science class.
1: Oh, yeah, they really are. And uh, not just because they are amazing chemically, or they're neat at least chemically. I don't know. I'm impressed by it, right? Sure. Um, but also the physics of them. Not just their co- coefficient of um, uh, restitution and their elasticity, but also they have another um, coefficient of friction,
0: Yeah, this is pretty cool.
1: It's it's like totally um, different than their their elasticity. They have a surface that basically grips whatever surface or object it's thrown onto. Yeah. And it grips it so hard that the surface can spin it a different way. So if you throw a Super Bowl with some backspin at an angle, it will basically hit the ground and spin back toward you. It changes its spin because of its, there, there's so much friction.
0: Yeah, and if you uh, get a Super Bowl and you are in a room with nothing breakable uh, and you start spinning and bouncing that thing, you, you never know where it's going to go.
1: Never know, because not only does it have a high horizontal or vertical bounce, it has a equally good horizontal bounce as well. It's just a neat little thing. And that's it. That is it? I think that's it. Right, you got anything else? else?
0: No, you've, you've seen one in physics class. If you you have a fun professor, they probably bought a Super Bowl in there and taught you things.
1: Right. And if you don't, there's plenty of videos on YouTube that you can watch. So hats off to Norman Stingley. Thank you, Norman, for the Super Bowl. Uh, if you want to know more about Super Bowls, you can type that word in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, I'm going to call this Dark Meat. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. Um, you probably got a hundred emails about this. Actually, David Hill, we got one from yeah. you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I just finished listening to the true stories of survival cannibalism uh, and you guys explained the difference between dark and white meat is the amount of blood vessels. Not true. Uh, all muscles require the same blood supply for respiration and nutrition. Just so you know, the main reason for the color difference is in the content... ...of myoglobin. Mm -hmm. Myoglobin is a richly pigmented protein that is used to store oxygen in cells. Uh, The more myoglobin, the darker, redder the meat will appear. Uh, Red meat is muscle fibers that are used or were used for long endurance activities... ...and are classified as slow twitch muscle fibers. They need a constant supply of oxygen to keep up their constant activity... ...so they have higher myoglobin concentration than white meat. White meat, on the other hand, is comprised of fast twitch fibers... Uh, these are used for quick bursts of energy, followed by a moment of rest, like a flapping of a wing. Best to you, David Hill. Thanks a lot, David. Yeah, that's how we like our corrections. Civil, to the point. What did we get wrong? I don't remember. Uh, that that was because of more blood vessels. Oh, okay. In the, in the uh, meat, in the muscle. I see. There you have it.
1: Well, thanks, David. If you want to correct us, you can send us an email to com. You can also hang out with us on social media at SYSK Podcast on Twitter and SYSK Podcast on Instagram. You can hang out with us uh, at Facebook, facebook.com slash know, And as always, hang out with us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.